next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me, or us, I should say, but Gordon's not ready to chat yet. So how are you doing, Austin? What's going on? I'm tired. Yeah? Long weekend? Long holiday weekend, yep. Good and bad. Well... When we're talking about you, I hope the bad wasn't too bad. No, we talked about the family pictures. That was ah, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How was it? Hot? Uh, hot, although we had a lot of tree coverage, so it could have been worse. Um, every child decided it was the worst day of their life. Well, that was going to happen. Uh, that was inevitable, I guess. It was amazing. The, we, it was, they were happy. They were whistling. They were singing. We got there, and the, the world ended. Yeah, it went from... 10 to 0. And then there was family drama the rest of the day because someone didn't like someone's shirt, someone didn't like how their the light was on them, and on and on and on. Didn't like your bolo tie, I'm sure. Yeah, the barrel I chose to wear Not good. didn't go over so well. Hi, Gordon. How you doing? Fine. How are you? <sighs> the fellas turned the, uh, the air down to Arctic level. Oh, that's why I bring a jacket. I know, I just adjusted it. We'll see if it makes a difference. I'm sweating from walking in from outside a little while ago and felt good. It was good to sweat in the heat. Well, I'm not not a roofer. I mean, it's it's probably not great for them. Love that. Walking from the car to the the studio was. 60 seconds of heat was really. (laughs) You enjoyed that, did you? I did. Did you do you wave at the uh, the landscapers who I felt for on the way in, who were uh, you know vigorously working on the rose bushes? You, you give them a you say, hey, great weather today, huh? Did you hit them with that? No, no. Nor did I acknowledge the construction workers across the street there. Uh, probably uh, wishing it was twenty degrees cooler. Yeah, probably listening right now and like that Monson son of a no, gun. no. We love you. Those people get things done. Just and really nothing but respect here. That hundred degree walk, that sixty seconds of just bliss. <laughs> Listen to the man over there in his winter coat. <laughs> That's because Austin's sure, Austin. right. Austin's right about this. We we have no business complaining about how cold it is in here. We don't. So I brought a jacket. I'm prepared. It's not that hard. <laughs> You're smart. You just hang it right there on the hanger and just come on in. Come there. on in and throw it on. It come works. On, yeah. It works great because because people just don't want to hear about it. They'd rather hear about Austin's uh, family picture events. Or, uh, uh, Don't get me started on that again. No, we're not going to go down there. When yet. is that happening? Uh, it already we, happened. That's we what we were just talking about. It happened yesterday. Oh, okay. All right. So was it as bad as you thought? No, it wasn't. But that's because I really expected the worst. Well, that's because you don't like your in-laws much, right? I don't like anyone that likes family pictures. Yeah. 
Just kidding on that. Why are you thing. trying to stir up? You always do that. Try to if stir up like, like family, family pictures. Problems. We're not friends. That's, there's something wrong with you if you enjoy family pictures. It could have been hotter yesterday. Yesterday was like today's hotter than yesterday was. So it was all right. And we did it in the morning. It, yeah, it was go. just. It was more that the five kids under eight. It was the worst days of their. It yeah, was the worst they day didn't of their life. Not for them. Yeah. Did you bring a wet towel? You know, it's just a personal keep, question. Keep yourself. I'll tell you what I did over Cooled the weekend. I, I made the mistake of going to two different uh, major grocery stores on the Saturday before uh, the 4th of July. Yeah, that might be that was That was a mistake. Was there like Big a time. can of SpaghettiOs left? Or? It was picked through. Um, well, I went to a warehouse, you know, store like, you know, the Costco, which... <laughs> It was just a terrible idea. Downtown Kabul, you mean? It was yeah. just Did a, you not think that maybe to plan ahead so you didn't have to do that? I, you know what, Gordon? I don't. I don't know what I was thinking, man. I just did. <laughs> all right. I just. I just went. I decided. You know what? I'm. I, I can run a couple errands. No problem. I went. It was just a bad idea. Lisa did the same thing. She went to a grocery store yesterday, and she went on on Saturday. And well, so yesterday. I'm, like, I'm so I'm like, why? What? What did you? What? Why? Yeah, I'm not going to complain because the food just does appear somehow, some way. But she was okay. Wasn't too bad. Yesterday wouldn't have been a big deal. I actually also went to the store on the 4th, which was not a big deal either. But the Saturday before, that was the issue. Okay. Well, did you have a good 4th? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah? You? Uh, yeah. I had the family over uh, on... Uh, Let's see. That's the thing about when a when a holiday is on a mon, on a Monday, it's like an extended holiday all of a sudden because things are happening every day. Well, the holiday was on a Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. That's what I, what I say. You but said but Monday. no, it was celebrated yesterday. We celebrated Sunday. Well, I know. So did we? But it, it <laughs> in fact, we didn't celebrate at all yesterday. Well, it's a day off. It was a day off. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, uh, so it was kind of a multiple day. Uh, holiday, but uh, yeah, had the had the family over, and it was really good to see everybody. Love everybody. It was good. Nobody was like telling me to pose for a picture, nothing like that. Good. Well, we have uh, a lot to do today, Gordon. We have a lot to, of NBA to talk about, of course. A lot of Utah Jazz basketball. The finals is set. Game one is tonight. Um, I hope it's going to be an interesting finals, and we'll get into that yeah, uh, we will. throughout the show. Did you ever think we'd be talking about NBA finals in like uh, through the middle of July? Well, we talked about it in October last year, so that felt yeah. even more weird. <laughs> I guess so. As we adjust, con- as we continually ca- uh, catch up, you know, it's the byproduct of shutting down all operation for several months. And there was a, a, a an effect that. Transition from one season to another, obviously. Well, we talked about it actually back when it uh, when it was when we were shut down. At uh, we were going to be wall to wall basketball for several years while they caught up. Now it looks like they're going to catch up in what you know a year and a half, two years. <laughs> so we're, it's which, linger. Is, which is pretty amazing, actually, when you think about it. But yeah, I, I that's why I. It was a topic on the show, I think it was last week, a couple weeks ago, what LeBron said about the short turnaround and those uh, those sorts of things. But I was I was glad when I saw some retort to that, like Shaq talked about it, but Chris Paul actually 
And you would expect from him being the head of the Players Association. I mean, he negotiated the start time. So, but he kind of had the attitude of like, "Where were you then?" Yeah, you know, yeah. which I certainly understand why he would have that. I mean, you know, asterisks and all that conversation are are uh, ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. the The NBA player and the NBA is a league. They're doing what they got to do to overcome a situation which was not only immediate but un. Experience. Nobody ever done it before. They had to figure it out. Yeah. So I, I and the players voted on it. Right? And I don't know if there's a correlation so, between the tight turnaround and the injuries. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to well, see when the facts come out. We asked our daily assist all of the guests about it, and they had opinions one way or another. But this is what they had to do. And the there, fact that they will get caught up in that amount of time is pretty remarkable. There is no asterisk. Asterisk. Who, whoever yeah, whoever wins this thing. There is no asterisk. Nothing but respect for the team that wins this. Everything you had to go through this season to get to where you are now, and then the winner of that under after all those conditions, no. Whoever's champion is champion, and anybody who says they're not is, I think, up in the night, really. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. If there were to be one, I'd put it on last year as opposed to this year, but yeah. I agree. That's because the Lakers won it last year. Well, I mean, the the bubble, talk about the ultimate unique situation yeah, where, uh, you know, who knows what impact the whole... I mean, who knows what impacted the outcome, I guess, is my point last year. It was so wonky. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. The NBA has done what they had to do to get the games in, and I think it's great. We had the conversation with Locke. He was saying, will this, whoever wins it, will that be the worst NBA champion in a long time? I don't even look at it that way. I don't look at it at all. Whoever wins this is a champion and deserves to lift that uh, that trophy. I mean, yeah, I'm in nothing but impressed by these teams who are left, that the fact that they weathered what they did and the fact that they were able to keep winning. I mean, yeah, I know Jazz fans are up, a little bit upset and uh, still disappointed, the fact that it's the Suns and not the Jazz, but the Suns are good. I mean— so we'll talk finals. Uh, we'll find out if Gordon thinks it's uh, going to be the Suns in four or the Suns in five. We'll we'll get into that. Ha ha. Might ha, be ha. six. Yeah, right, we'll see. Right, we know the Suns though. That's. It's uh, not like the Super Bowl where it was a battle between your picking the front runner or picking Tom Brady, which you ultimately went with the front runner. That's because I thought the front runner was going to win. Well, you're going to go with the front runner here too. No, I'm going to go with who I think is going to win. He'll say Suns in four, but that's just because the rules say they have to play four games. I just said six, didn't I? So we'll we'll dive into that uh, a little yeah. bit later on in the show. Six? I don't think that through. You think our listeners want to talk about the finals? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there are some lessons that you can learn from the teams in the finals, though. I mean, or the man behind the curtain. It's just the it's the Suns. It's though. the Suns, and the Jazz fans feel like their team should be there. I get all that. There's some local interest with the Bucks, and it's a small market team, as is Phoenix, I guess. But it's the Suns. As a couple of Bucks have a couple of former college players from around these parts. That's like, true. Even though they don't really play much, but wow. they're, they're on the team. Jeez. <laughs> what? They're there too. But what they is, are there too. But what, yeah. but what did I say? That was a LeBron James speech. That was also, this is the greatest moment of my life, and you're you're here too. But that was also kind of an Austin Horton moment there too. In what way? With Hans at the Christmas party. 
Bart Warner and Austin Dillon. <laughs> We've told that story. Yeah, can't leave before we revisit. Remind everybody. Well, uh, you can't bring the story up without telling. You it. sure can. I want my arms to work. Uh, well, Austin could probably tell it better than me. But it was at the it was at the Christmas party, which uh, I was not present for this. But oh, you weren't there? No, no, I wasn't there. He for knows this all about it. <laughs> oh no, because it it Austin became a legend that day. Uh, because he, this is this talk about risking life and limb. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Adrian had brought his significant other at the time, and Hans didn't know her, and you know was was chatting with her, getting to know her, and uh, you know was talking himself up as as we are NFL we are all player. off to do. And uh, how how exactly did it go? How did the exchange go, Austin? Uh, well, it was very quickly into the uh, introductions that Hans broached the subject that he, and this is his words, I played in the NFL. And yeah. She said, oh, really? And I thought I, really, honestly, I thought maybe I was saying this in my head, but comedy boy over here can't uh, let anything go. And so very loudly I went, played. Excuse me a minute. Is Gordon going to get Hans? Yeah, that's happening. You know, that's not really cool, in no, my opinion, that's, that's, that he's going to get Hans. That's a Deutsche Bank move. Yeah, that is a Do- Deutsche Bank move. So you know what I'm going to bring up? Growing up on big hair and big women. Okay, that's coming out. Maybe Gus? Uh, and how much Gordon uh, mocks him for that, yeah. Okay. All right, should we, should we just go to break? Because we're a little late for the split story of the day. Do we really want to talk to Hans? That was not really cool that you went and got Hans, by the way, Gordon. Why are you trying to create conflict? <laughs> I'm you, leaving my mic you're trying to I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> what is going on in here? He and he and I. And first of all, it was a real jerk comment. It was. I, I admitted that every time I admitted that. It was funny. We were driving home, and, and my wife was like, what was that all about? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, has he ever played a sport? And I'm like, I don't think so. I said, he does play his mouth a lot, obviously. Oh. But, you know, you just can't assault the dude anymore. You used to be able to, like, come in. Like, remember, Jake, I'd come in, and yeah. I'd Yeah. I used to come in and manhandle you. Yeah. But then I we did. got all these rules with HR departments. Yeah. It's probably So now good. all I can do is just say, Austin, you're real mean. <laughs> That's all I can do. I can't do much more. I I, I I knew I'm you sorry were. you feel that way. <laughs> Hans is, is lording over Austin right <laughs> now. Really oh, don't do that. I have never seen Austin squirm like that before. I think we should probably go to break. Why Why? Uh, <laughs> why did you go I get Hans? I'm going to HR. <laughs> I'm going to HR. Get the silent alarm under good the to desk. S- good to see you, Hans. I am so impressed. Hans, I am so impressed. With your ability, your your self control, and your ability to uh, hold it in, it just you used to be able to like, you know, what, being a big guy was like. You used to be able to <laughs> have your show way. a little dominance and be like, well, don't don't say mean things. And now people can just say mean things, and you're like, well, I guess I have to take it. And like when you grow up on big hair and big women. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're going to try and do now. That's not Hanson's going to get mad at me. That's Amanda's going to get mad at me for that one. For which one? Uh, for the uh, growing, growing up, up on, on women with big hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Hans, thanks, man. Uh, listen to Hans. <clears throat> 10 to 2 every day.
with him. This got you right. <laughs> see, see, Austin, I knew that he wouldn't do anything to you. We're in a fight. No, no, because I said to no, him. No, you I and said, I are in a fight. No, listen to me first. No, we're before in a fight. You, before we're in a fight. Too late. I said, uh, I said to Hans, I said, Hans, are, you know, are you, you don't grab people by the arm anymore and yank their arms off or anything. And he said, no. And so I said, well, okay, if you promise, come on in here and we'll have some fun with this. So he promised that he wouldn't, and he didn't. But here's the behind-the-scenes truth. I don't really think he would physically assault me. I'm more concerned <laughs> that I hurt a man who I respect feelings. See, see I'm the opposite, because I think Hans would hurt you. Not you, but, uh, you know, I've seen what he did to Jake, and I and he's he's— One time he grabbed me and threw me against a wall, it, 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 tender love and care— I, I don't mean that I'm going to call a doctor. He, I don't think he can do it. I'm saying I think he's matured and he's not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just more mad that I said, don't want to talk about this till Hans is gone. And you, like the safety patrol <laughs> captain you are, went and tattled to teacher. I did. I did. Give you a Time wedgie out. in the bathroom. Uh, Trying Austin. to have a little fun on the show. And then, see, you know, Gordon's but, got the weather. It's, see, <clears throat> it's picking a fight between Austin and his in laws or a fight around here. <laughs> It's, it's got to happen. Austin, That's not cool. Austin, I knew. See, this is what guys do. You you were teasing. Tattle? You, no. It, he was teasing Hans. It was teasing him. It was a joke. It's what guys do. It's what friends do one to another. It wasn't. You didn't say that in any kind of mean way, right? No, but it was mean. It was just kind of a joke. I, was, I think it's funny. I regret saying it out loud. And I really regret talking about it today. Because I said to you, let's wait till Hans leaves. Well, it's funny because when I told him what we were talking about, you know what he did? He laughed. He laughed. It's more of the code that was broken here. <laughs> so Mike Conley's in the news. We'll get to that yeah, coming up next. Stay tuned. It is you the big show. break down the Suns and Bucks, too, if you really I'm want. I'm Gordon Monsey. Austin, if I, thought, if I thought that was going to create a real problem, I never would have done it. I thought that was humorous. Who's the, who's the biggest squealer in, in world history, would you say? Benedict Arnold. More of a traitor than a squealer. <laughs> you mean someone who rats people out? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Henry Hill. There you go. That's good. Uh, that's a good reference. Our, our, our wait. Our, Ken Mauer. Our, <laughs> our whistleblowers, rats. Did you just whistleblow in Austin? Is that no, what I'm you just did? saying. I don't people, think that happened. Well, people who tell. I'm going to have to think about that one. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 awesome. and 1280 Zone. So, Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today. Uh, no doubt. Gwen Stefani. She got married over the weekend. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. All right, Gordon, should we dive into it? It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Do not care about Martini. 
in the city and the fans have been just a wonderful two years. Definitely a, a up and down two years, but uh, wonderful regardless of, of how it ended. Uh, you know, last night and you know, free agency is, is free agency, man. As you know, just the business we live in. It's something that, you know, I have to sit back and consider with my family. And when that time comes, make the decision that's best for us and myself. And like I said, obviously, you know, I've had a, a great time here and great, great experiences with coaches and Coach Quinn and, and the players and Don and Rudy and everybody. So we'll just have to see what happens. Obviously, I can't speak and, you know, look into the future and what exactly will happen. It's actually like my first time being a real free agent. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, I did, I did love it here. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. That was Michael Conley <clears throat> reporting over the weekend by The Athletic and uh, our friend Tony Jones. Uh, the Jazz will uh, not only want <clears throat> excuse me, to bring Michael Conley back, uh, but uh, are also going to make it uh, the number one priority of the offseason. Yes, that is what I have been told uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. But, uh, yeah, uh, why shouldn't they? Uh, there, there's the whole idea with the durability issue and whatnot. But if the Jazz want to continue some degree of the momentum from this last year, disappointing end, I get that. But that happens sometimes. If they were going to keep the continuity moving forward, they have to re-sign him. They have to. And I understand why it is the number one priority, Jake. And there are, there are concerns, and I, I get that, you know. I mean, I've, I've written a couple of columns about it. And uh, the second one, when I said that they must do this, uh, it was interesting to see the reaction of many jazz fans and others. Um, many agreed. There were some who, who do think that uh, it's too risky, he's too injury prone, and that uh, he might not be available. It's a good chance uh, that he wouldn't be available when the jazz need him. I don't know how in the world you're going to know that, but uh, uh, it's worth the risk because they have to in order to keep the momentum going. So I, I don't understand that line of thinking. I really don't. I, I would guess most Jazz fans don't feel that way. No, the majority. Because there's no upside whatsoever to letting Mike Conley go right. unless your name's Ryan Smith. <laughs> Honestly, there's from a team-building standpoint, that's why, you, you know, it's no surprise the Jazz want to make a priority to, uh, to return Mike Conley because it's the smart thing to do from a talent-building standpoint. Again, the only downside is it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> and that's like coming <laughs> so, out of your pocket. Yeah, right. So unless your name is Ryan Smith, there's really no downside to it whatsoever. Now the question is, does Mike Conley want to return? You heard his comments right there. What price does that happen, which things can get a little bit more complex. But as far as the Jazz go, if they let him go, they don't benefit at all. If somebody can tell me a benefit for letting him go, regardless of his injury history, I'd love to hear it. Because there's, there's literally a, no plus side. How about a, a sign and trade? Well, that's not letting him go now, no, is it? No, no. And that may, that, that may be the solution that works out for both parties because that's the way that Mike Conley can go to a team that's over the cap. Otherwise, he has to go to a team that's under the cap, and there are only a handful of those. And are they in the point guard market? And what do the other point guards right. do? So, he, Mike Conley does not fit into the category of a couple of the guys who have kind of in the past have at one time or another played here who may have uh, done either the Jazz or another team dirty. And yet the two first names that come to mind are? 
What, Hayward and Boozer? Yeah. And I don't think that's how Mike Conley rolls. No, but he is, as he said there, and I do not blame him for this one bit. This is the first time in his career he's been a free agent. So there's, you know, everybody loves to be wanted. And if you've got uh, the ability to weigh out <clears throat> different pathways for your career, I don't blame anybody for wanting to do yeah. that. It's not like he hasn't been well remunerated for over the span of his career. I mean, he, he at one time was the highest paid player in the NBA. Last year he made like $34.5 million. Well, and maybe so, I mean, he, he's made a lot of money. But you bring up a good point to that is being courted by other teams. What's that feel like? Probably feels good to him. And just sort of having a moment of uh, freedom and free agency to to see how folks feel. Well, uh, you know, let's say that Mike, and I don't know this because I don't know Michael that well, but let's say so far in his career his goal has been to suck up every nickel that's not nailed down. Uh-huh. He'd been pretty good at that. Yeah. So now in free agency, maybe he's going into it thinking, you know what, I still want to make sure that I squeeze – every dollar out of my career that I possibly can. But that's been my priority for my whole career. Maybe some other franchises will bring something to the table that will pique my interest. And now I have the opportunity to open my mind a little bit and figure out maybe I do have a different priority that I'm not even thinking about right now. And so, you know, you hope if you're a Jazz fan that he's going to be greedy because Jazz can compete uh, financially with most offers unless there's a team out there that really wants to max him out. But I can't. I, I wouldn't think that that's the case. Getting back to the nuts and bolts of the deal, uh, the length of it seems like uh, it's important. It would matter to me. Yeah. But it doesn't matter to Chris Paul at the moment because he's opting out of his deal, right? The deal that would have paid him, how much was it, Austin? <laughs> 44. So, I mean, and maybe it is length. Maybe the thing is, is Chris Paul says, I can cash in one year for three. And so you you don't know what the priority is for these guys going into free agency. Maybe Mike Conley doesn't either, but the, from the Jazz perspective, from the Jazz perspective, if it's all about team building and it's not our money, then there's no there's no upside to letting Mike Conley walk, which again is different from a signing trade. Right. Okay. Letting him walk, there is no team building benefit that I could see whatsoever. And again, if a, if a fan out there is thinking of it differently, I'm I'm open to ideas. But as we've talked about this Gordon for weeks now, I don't see I don't see that at all. Our good listener Josh, he tweets in uh, everyone saw Chris Paul as always being injured in the playoffs, which he has been up till this year. I think we need to keep Conley. We were great with him. He's worth the risk, especially because, like Jake said, there aren't a lot of options. Yeah, I don't think you can worry about the injury thing all that much. I, I think that sometimes that's maybe sometimes that's warranted, but in this case it's not because that's a relevant argument if you have something else to do, yeah. as Josh points out. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, we could go get a younger player who we think has potential and has a better injury history. They can't do that in this circumstance. So... Unless you really think that somehow Mike Conley is so bad that the team is better off without him, which I don't think uh, any rational well, basketball fan would make. Uh, Maybe uh, somebody would. but Yeah, someone did. Uh, someone responded to me and said that uh, the difference between the Jazz with Mike Conley and without him was not that great, something that I completely disagree with. 
because teams figured out how to defend the Jazz when Mike Conley isn't in the lineup. And we saw that in the playoffs. Well, the Jazz well, only— we saw it before that. Over that stretch, Jake, until he came back for the last two games of the regular season, teams had figured it out. They needed Mike Conley to be guiding this. Well, and they own, the Jazz only have so many bucket getters on their team. Yeah. They, they, they have Donovan Mitchell, they have Jordan Clarkson, and they have Mike Conley. Everybody else pretty much depends on the offense running to get their buckets, including Rudy Gobert, which is something that still frustrates me because I feel like somebody that big, if he's got a size advantage, they ought to be able to figure out something. But uh, they haven't thus far. But Mike Conley, they, they need somebody when the switchy defense happens. They need, and when the offense breaks down and you need a bucket, you need somebody who can go get it for you, and you need multiple of those on your team. And the Jazz don't have a lot of those guys. They've got three. That's it. And if you let one go, you're even further hampered. So I, I guess you could make the argument that the Jazz are a better team without Mike Conley, but I am. I, that's going to be a tough one for me to come around on for that simple how, how, fact. I'm not it's sure. not something you, else. Yeah, how could you make that argument? I don't think you can. Um, and the thing about those three bucket makers is who's the best among them in sharing the ball? It's Mike Conley. And you brought up Rudy Gobert. He is absolutely dependent on somebody setting him up. And I know Joe Ingles can do that off the pick and roll. He used to feed Rudy well, but the thing about Mike Conley is not only can he can do that, but he can also stop and pop and and move and and set up other teammates all kind of simultaneously, and that's that's why it's so important for the Jazz to have him. Then also over the weekend, John Hollinger uh, brought up, and he's somebody who's close to Michael Conley yeah. right from his time in Memphis, uh, that uh, possibly Dallas could be interested in in Mike, and interest. When you see that, that doesn't surprise me. Of course, Mike had a great year. Who wouldn't be interested in his services? But the, the question is, how interested are you? And more importantly, how much money do you have to spend? Now, Dallas being interested is, is particularly not surprising because their roster is going nowhere, and they've got to figure out how to build around Luka Doncic. Yeah, and Luka can't, he can't do everything for that team. And I don't and think you saw what happened is a good fit. The, Against the Clippers, he was handling the ball all the time. Well, I think that might be, I think that might be how they play for some time, which is why I would think twice about going to play there if I were Michael Conley. But you can see why they would be interested. Well, why would they be interested in him if they didn't? If they wanted to continue to have Luca do everything, because they need more talent. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> because they need more, comma better players. Even though it, it's going to be like, um, you know, why did James Harden need Chris Paul? Or Russell Westbrook or whatever, because it's still a team game. But everything's going through Luka for the foreseeable future in Dallas, that's for sure. The uh, the other thing for Mike Conley to keep in mind, and look, he'll make the decision that he wants to make. But if he goes to another team, he may have to go through another adjustment like he did when he came here. And if he wants to see immediate success, continued immediate success, then maybe that's the best setup is here for him. If he goes to some other thing, deal, if he goes to Dallas. Now he's got to work with Luca. It's a whole new thing. See, if I were Michael Conley and thinking about where to go, I'd probably go to wherever was going to pay me the most money. But outside of that, really, at this point in his career, would, would that hold that much of a draw I'm for you? Talking about me, oh. I, don't, I don't know about him. Okay. So if I were him, yeah, I'd still be trying to 
get every last bottom dollar I could. But well, anyway, the point being yeah. is that if if it were something outside of that, I would guess it would be he wants the ball in his hands more. I mean, that, think of the complaints that he could have with his Jazz team. And I, I don't know. Again, we haven't talked to him about it, so this is all obviously pure speculation. But that was the biggest adjustment in his role, right? Where he runs to the point with, with the Jazz and does it well, but doesn't the offense doesn't run through him like it did in Memphis. And that didn't mean that there weren't other stars in Memphis. It just means that their production was based on what he decided to do mm-hmm. pretty much on every possession. So if he wants that again, he's not going to get that with the Jazz. But what, so, great, what, great, what potentially great team out there would want him to do that? The Knicks. Is that a great team? I don't know. But that's a team where he could, that's a playoff team he could step in and run the show day one. And the rumor is they want Chris Paul, and that Chris Paul may want to revitalize that franchise for his own legacy, and maybe that ends up happening. Be pretty hard to leave a team you just won a championship with. But Kawhi did it. But yeah, but it's yeah, not uh, not unprecedented, Gordon. You're you're 100 right about that. So you know, if Chris Paul were to pass on the Knicks, they still need a point guard. Mike Conley's probably. Well, not probably. In my opinion, he's the second best point guard who's going to be a free agent, unless you're a big Kemba Walker fan. Yeah. So then you've got the Knicks, who are going to have plenty of cap space, be able to also offer Mike Conley the role of you're running the show, Skip. That's a good point, actually, because when I think of that team, yeah, that's true. But there's uh, a lot of yeah. ifs. There's a lot of ifs for that to play out, though, too, right? You're you're counting on the Knicks making a smart decision. Which when has that happened, really? <laughs> Although the new leadership seems to, yeah. to be to a little be better that a way. little bit better, um, but that's just one scenario. So, and that would be the worst case scenario for the Jazz too, because the Knicks have cap space, so they wouldn't have to do a signing trade. So, if the Jazz offered the same amount of money as his best offer elsewhere, I wonder what he'll do. That that really is the. Well, that's why I brought up the yeah, role. What right. role does he want? Right. Because if you look at his numbers here with the Jazz, they were terrific they last were. year. He was said the career, career best. Yeah, in a lot of different categories. So, but it was different. That production came in a different sort of way. And Mike, we do know this about Mike. He's not really a me guy. You know, he gets good stats, but he doesn't strike me as the guy who's that's making or breaking his day. Right. I think he wants to feel important to the team he's on, which he would no matter what. But uh, maybe with the exception of the Knicks, most of the teams that it seemed like would be attractive to him well they have other stars and uh he he would he would have to be what he's always been and that is a team guy you know and but he also re-upped in memphis years ago and memphis is a small market and they weren't winning a title anytime soon despite the fact that they were good they were certainly far from the favorites but he liked it there liked his role they could offer him a ton of money and he was comfortable doing that so i mean it, it depends on the personality of the player, and often, Gordon, uh, I think we, and I'm including myself in this, get caught up with what we would do, ignoring the fact that this is a, a, a human being who's got a chance to really put his own handprint on the twilight of his basketball playing career. In, in LeBron's case, he signed a four-year deal with the, uh, with the Lakers where he wasn't willing to do that with the Cavs because... Being in L.A. was his priority. It was no longer necessarily, you know, returning home and bringing a championship to Cleveland or winning a championship uh, initially Mm -hmm. with the Heat or whatever. LeBron made that move about LeBron. Mm -hmm. 
That's exactly right. He wanted to build his legacy in the, you know, second biggest media market in the country. That's in where Hollywood happens to be located. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a pretty terrible movie that's debuting this week. Uh, it comes out uh, July 16th. And I have no idea if it's terrible or not. I'm just assuming that fact, but I'm pretty comfortable What's in that movie? assumption. What? What's the movie? Oh, Space Jam. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you maybe Mike wants to do that. I don't think he wants to build a media empire, but maybe it's something, right? Yeah. Maybe knows? he's got a connection in Memphis where he's got some plans for after basketball and he wants to be close to that to build it. Who knows? From the jazz perspective, there's one other item advantage to having to having Mike around uh, other than everything we've already mentioned. And that is that this team is bumming right now. I talked to somebody who, um, well, I don't want to reveal who it is, but uh, he was asking how the spirits around the team are right now. And they need Mike. Mike Conley's the kind of guy that can help lift this team, buck them back up, get them going again, make them feel good. I mean, he's, what, two or three-time teammate of the year in the NBA? He's a veteran leader. And and the guys like him. So that's that's a very useful advantage to have with a jazz team that's bumming right now and they are so it'd be i think the guys on the team would welcome mike back with open arms stay tuned we'll have more big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts. For a free quote and for all of your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. You a no doubt guy, Gordon? Not you into really. it? No. I like no doubt. Really? Never well, paid that much attention to it. It was kind of one of those uh, Austin, uh, you, you know, they started as kind of a, a counterculture ska band. And were very good when they first started, and then she got the like kind of the pop bug. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about some of her later stuff. But uh, if you go back to the early No Doubt stuff, pretty good. Who's your favorite female artist, or one of your your among your favorites? Wow, that's a great question because there's a lot of them. Anybody oh. that stands out <laughs> as being well, of course, Aretha. I mean, oh, that's well, yeah. that, hard to argue. I mean, uh, hard so, to argue with that one. Aretha's pretty amazing. I mean, I gotta love Diana Ross. You know, I'm the Austin. And I talked about this the other day. I'm a big Pink fan. I like Taylor Swift. Uh, I like I said, I like old school, no doubt. 
That banana, you know, when, when Gwen got into the bananas realm, she lost me a little bit, you know? Scotty and I were just talking, and that's the Gwen Stefani I grew up more with, rather than the No Doubt Gwen. Rather than the No Doubt you grew up with, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. I was aware of No Doubt, but I didn't know really, but B-A-N-A-N-A, that garbage. See, that she was, was yeah. married to, to Gavin Rossdale, wasn't that his name? Uh, Rosdale, Rossdale, uh, Scotty, from Bush. Yeah, so they were this, like, counterculture power couple. And then all of a sudden she's doing bananas. Like it was it was a bizarre career turn for her. But I think it made her a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, she's still doing it. So it was the right move, right? If it keeps her in the game this long. Do you guys Although uh, now she's marrying country I'm, hacks. So. I'm, I'm, <laughs> nice. I'm uh I'm curious to know whether you even know anything about this band. Heart. Yeah, Heart's good. Okay. Uh I don't know if I'd put them in my top whatever but they're not terrible How about the bangles are you going to mention the go-go's next you've got kind of a genre in your mind right <laughs> no, now i'm just thinking of female uh artists big brother in the holding company gotta love uh, janice she was something else wasn't she yeah janice. you know what was interesting about her i i <clears throat> i had this conversation with somebody once uh would she have been famous in a later era because of the cultural movement that she was a part of no 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 nothing to do with that it, she wasn't quote unquote the prettiest yeah uh and she had a unique voice and it was perfect with the blues and the blues kind of evolved into not being so bluesy later on like she was really your quintessential <clears throat> blues voice you know and uh and i wonder in the day and age of like you know like the 90s is really when I had this discussion, you know, where, where it's Christina and Britney and all these very attractive people because of TV and the visual medium and the music videos and all this stuff with, with <clears throat> Big Brother and Janice. I mean, we're talking about the radio, right? Mm -hmm. And if you saw her, it was probably because you were on a, she was on an album cover. Oh, you know, like, yeah, I, I wonder yes. if she would have been the legend that she was had she come in in a different, more superficial era. I certainly hope she would have been. Oh, come on. You know, I don't I mean, know if that's. I, I, I don't want to sit here and rate uh, female artists as far as looks go, but Carol King wasn't exactly, you know, who Miss came America. up in that same era. Though. Yeah, you would. I would. I would wish that it would be more likely now than it was sixty years ago. Are we going in the wrong direction here? Well, we people judging people only on the way they look. Well, we certainly were at a time. I mean, how many ugly pop stars were there in the nineties? A lot of guys pretty ugly. Really? Because that I, was really a productive segment. I think uh, you know, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, which were, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, their image was certainly based on looks as much as it was based on their music. Hmm. I don't know. That's hard for me to judge because I never looked at them that way. You know. But there have been a lot of ugly rockers. We're talking about okay, pop, popular. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's probably a lot of ugly people playing in a garage somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about would she have been as popular if she came into a different era. Austin, when you were uh, considering your musical career, did your looks uh, ever uh, either encourage or discourage you? What do you mean when I was considering? You're still going? Yeah, yeah. I still dream. And yeah, the looks, this is why I'm with you here in a room instead of <laughs> yeah. doing that. I'm not doing radio because we're great looking. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We've got Coach Chiesa coming up right around the corner. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.